Welcome to this sermon from Silver Lake Baptist Church. Our mission is to celebrate the greatness of God with all we are for the joy, hope, and renewal of our community. We are so glad you have chosen to listen to our message. We pray you will be blessed by your time with us today. Good morning. How y'all doing? Good? Great? Yeehaw! Is everybody awake yet? So, let's pray. Father, thank you for your goodness. Thank you for your kindness. Thank you for loving us and being gracious unto us and just showing your heart always. We, we thank you for all that you're doing and all that you've done, and we just give you the praise for it. Holy Spirit, speak through me this morning. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. Okay. Hey, I appreciate you guys more than you'll ever, ever know. And I um, was able last week, last Sunday, I was able to get out, and we got a church plant going in Roy, Washington, so that will launch on May 25th. So we was able to get the building secured and everything set up. And God never ceases to amaze me because of how he always goes before us. And so, so we were looking at where it's set up and we we're like, wow, <laughs> God, you're a show off now. Look at what you're doing. And so it was really cool. And it's one of those things that's really fun to be a part of it. But, um, I'm not the only one who's a part of it, too. You guys are a part of it also. And so thank you for, for allowing me the opportunity to do that stuff. That means a lot. And so it was going to be a busy weekend because the next morning we were getting up and we are going to go to um, to Cannon Beach for, for uh, NWBC Church Planners Retreat. And um, I couldn't get all the details with my horses worked out. And so I, I um, canceled like prior to Sunday and I was sitting there and Linda looked at me I looked at her and we're like we really need a break so so we were able to to get away and go up into the mountains and and God just provided so much goodness for us and I I come away from that with a feeling do you ever get a feeling like you just know that you know that you know you're in the spot you're supposed to be at the time you're supposed to be there doing what you're supposed to be doing. And like that was a, that was kind of time off for me. Like I had to call my dad because like I freak out sometimes taking off because like I got so many things I'm juggling. And so you have to let go of stuff, right? And you have to trust God a little bit. And so, but sometimes one of the things that happens to us is when we don't trust, we try to control things. Do you hear what I'm saying? And so it, it happens with horses all the time. We get into this moment where, where I'm not sure I trust you, so I'm going to control this situation. And I promise you, there is not a single moment with a 1,200-pound horse where you're in control. <laughs> it, it's all just a, a facade. It's all just a, a thing where it looks like maybe you are. It might feel like you are, but you're not. But it's the same thing with our life, too. And so we want to hang on to control and we want to hang on to this and we're hanging on to all these other things and not letting go and just resting and saying, you know what, God, I trust you. And so as I was taking off, I was getting ready to go. I could just hear God talking to me and he's just talking to me and everything. And then we get there. We, we went to, to a beautiful lodge in the mountains and it was great. And 
and um, God provided for us to get there, and we get this nice room. It's like a four-star place, you know. We're just having a great time in a good room, and, and we get ready to go to bed, and we look. We, we pull the sheets back, and there's like dirt on it and holes in the sheet, and Linda looks at me. She goes, this is unacceptable. I was like, it absolutely is. This is even a, at the trails in in the middle of, of nowhere, I wouldn't expect this, right? So we called down. They're like, oh, well, bring your bring your sheets and new sheets, and and we'll move your rooms. And we're like, it's almost midnight. You know, we don't want a new room. You know, right now. And so anyway, um, they come and brought us sheets. And we had to make our own bed with this COVID season. Like, I'm at a four-star motel making my own bed, you know, hotel. I'm like, what the heck up with that? You know what I mean? And so, um, anyway, we get the sheet, give them to them, and they give us the other sheets, and there's holes in that sheet. And so, at this point, there was some trust broken with the system there, Right. And so, so Linda's like, I'm sleeping in my clothes. Like, I'm surprised she didn't wear her shoes to, to bed. And so, so she's all bundled up in her clothes. And I'm like, good Lord, what's going on here? But we're going to enjoy it. We're going to have peace. So we got up the next morning, and Linda's like, you know what? This is, an unaccept- this is unacceptable. We're at a four-star hotel. So we call. They're like, you know what? We're so sorry. We're going to upgrade you, and we're going to do this and do that and so they upgraded us to even better room and we didn't ask we didn't expect it and then all of a sudden everything just changed and we could just feel God working for us and 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 it was such a great time and such a great season but I've I learned is like sometimes we think we're in a hard spot sometimes it looks like things are going bad sometimes it looks like things aren't going to work out for us but then God says, you know something? Watch what I'm going to do. And he, he like takes that bad thing and uses it to upgrade us to something bigger and better. Right? And it was amazing how he worked and, and the clarity that, that I got and just to hear his voice and to hear him talk and to give me some direction and some encouragement was, was invaluable. And so... Sometimes we just need that time, and so I'm so thankful for it. Um, <clears throat> as I was sitting there, I, I was reading a scripture, and a scripture popped up, and it just kept going over and over and over. Because, you know, I think a lot of times we think that, that um, maybe God doesn't want to bless us. Maybe he doesn't want to... Um, maybe he's not for us. Ever anybody ever feel like that, or or is it just me? Like you get like so beat up, and there's so much stuff going on around you, and you're like, "Good Lord, is this ever going to end?" And I can't take another thing. And like I'm trying to be a lovely believer in Jesus, but I want to throw a couch at someone here. <laughs> like, am I the only one who ever does that? Like, and then it's like like. I can't believe you're that stupid. Like I woke up the other morning and I was reading ads for horses and these people are dumping the horses for stupid reasons. And I'm like, these people are stupid. It's not the horse's fault. I was like, you should have to have a license to own a horse nowadays. <laughs> right? 
And so we get all this stuff going on in our hearts and our minds, and we're like trying to be centered. Oh, I'm a, I'm a believer, and I, I love Jesus, but then at the same time, you're wanting to kill somebody. Right? And sometimes we just got to step back and say, you know what? Those feelings can be justified. Right? They might deserve a couch getting dropped on them. <laughs> you know what I mean? And so, so, but at the same time, we lose a level of trust. We, we lose this, this, this reliability issue where I trust. And then we start to lose trust in God. And like, God, are you really here for me? Do you, do you really care? Do you really love me? Are you really for me? Because if you were for me, this wouldn't have happened. Right? Come on, am I the only one who ever feels that way? <laughs> And so, so like, I know I look like I got it together. I mean, I'm smart. I'm good looking. I'm dressed nice. I got the coolest watch ever. But I promise you, I don't have it all together. What you guys can't see is that I have two unmatching socks. <laughs> right? And the reason I have two unmatching socks is because all my socks this morning had holes in them. And so instead of wearing socks with holes in them, I decided I'm throwing them things in the trash. And I refuse to wear anything that's holy. Not, not like holy as in, but the other holy. Right? And I want nothing but the best. Right? But everything that you're looking at and seeing, all that stuff may not be what it really is. Right? We all got stuff that God's working on in us and through us. And as we grow, we get to learn that trust. And then through these hard situations through the bad things that can happen to us at sometimes that's when we get to decide are we really going to trust you god are you really worthy uh, of of my heart are you really worthy for me to depend on you and to rely on you and to know that you have my back for me in my life the answer has been yes it's always been yes he's always been 120% committed to me, even when I'm not. Right? So we can, we can, we can trust in Him and trust that He has a heart for us and trust that He wants to do good for us. And I was thinking we've been studying in Genesis, and I'm going to talk about Genesis. And I think it's real important um, that we do. Um, because Abraham's life is so powerful. But it speaks about a man who was a real man. Like he had real fears and he wasn't perfect, right? He had trust issues when he left. But at the same time, he had enough trust in God that he left everything he knew and followed him. It's kind of like when we get saved, we, we accept Jesus. And then we think, the world's ours, man. There will never be another problem, and I'll, you know, and it's just not how it is, right? And so here, here he is. He it, he comes in and he trusts God, and he he trusts God enough to leave. He trusts God enough to go on the journey. But then you see areas in his life where he's like, "Yeah, I'm not sure I can trust him here." So guess what I'm going to do? I'm going to take control of the situation. So they're going to Egypt. And you know what he does? He's like, hey, I, our imaginations get to running away with us sometimes. Right? He had no reason to believe 
other than in his own mind that the king would kill him if he knew Sarah was his wife. Right? You know what happens when you assume, right? It makes a donkey out of you and me, right? And so that's what he did. He assumed something that he didn't have any hard evidence that the Bible points out was going to happen. So what did he do? He's like, well, God, I don't trust you on this one. You're sending me right into the middle of this, this pit, and I'm not sure you're going to take care of me. So what does he do? It's like, hey, hey, honey, why don't you pretend to be my sister? Time out. All the reality TV shows we got going on today, all the television shows we got going on today, we don't have anything that messed up. <laughs> you know what I'm talking about? Nothing that messed up. So he's like, hey, you pretend to be my sister, and then, then the king will like you, and then he won't kill me. Yay! Man, they really needed to go to the art of marriage course. Right? So, so either way, like, I don't know how she didn't kill him. And how she bought that, right? So God delivers him from that. And you think, oh, yeah, he learned his lesson that he could trust God. Because God didn't get on to him. Do you know what God did? God blessed him. He blessed him, man. You're making mistakes and, and, and expecting God to beat you up. And you forget that you aren't what you do. You are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus through the perfect sacrifice of Jesus. He doesn't reward us based on what we did or we'd all be done. Amen. Right? He rewards us based on the finished work of Jesus and that alone. That's our, our righteousness, our best, he says, is filthy rags. What's our worst? If we stand on anything but that, the finished work of Jesus, we're in trouble. Right? So here, God blesses him. And you think that, that Abram would... would uh, he did, wasn't even Abraham. He didn't even get, get the bacon yet. He's still just Abram. Which is really, why would they put him on the end of a Jewish man's name? It just doesn't make sense to me, right? Anyway what you get when they have a vacation. I mean, if it's two or three days. Right? So, anyway, here he is. You'd think he would learn, but you know what happened? He did it again. The same thing. He's like, he, he saw that God was good. He saw that he could trust him. And then he did it again. Good Lord. Right? I mean, come on, Abram. Get your act together. But this time, God was like, you know something, Abram? I saw what you did, and, and you saw my goodness, and I blessed you, so now I'm offended. So guess what I'm going to do? I'm going to bless you again. <laughs> Come on, that's not the God we hear about in religion. Right? But that's our good God. That's how good our God is. What was he doing? He was building a relationship of trust with Abram, so Abram could trust him. He is building a relationship. When I'm working cults, I know one thing. I want a relationship with that cult. And if that cult doesn't trust me, it's not going to allow me to, to do anything with it. But we, we act like, well, you know, and, and here's the key with other people too. If people don't trust you, if they don't have a relationship with you, 
They're not going to listen to you. So God's like, I want to, I want to show you my relationship. When I get those colts and I build the relationship, man, they'll just melt. I worked with the horse the other day. And I went to do her feet and they couldn't catch her. So I walked in and they'd got a rope around and I went to grab the rope and she'd come at me, you know, trying to get me. And I was just, oh, it's okay. She just mouthed me and they're like, be careful. She's going to kill you. It's like, it's okay. I'm saved. <laughs> so I worked with her. So like, you want to do that? Go ahead. Move. And so I moved her feet. Just worked with her a little. And then I just started inviting her in. And all of a sudden she just melted. What happened? I wasn't expecting her to be perfect. I knew who she was. I knew she didn't trust me. I knew she was afraid. I knew she was being defensive and trying to take control of the situation because she didn't trust me. And then when she learned, hey, wait a second, I can trust you, she just melted. And then I could have done anything I wanted with her. Because it's about relationship. So we watch as... Abram grows in this relationship, man. And God gives him victories. And you can start seeing in the scripture where Abram turns into Abraham. Like he gets a great victory with, with, and meets Melchizedek and then he's down in the molly grubs again. <laughs> right? But then God cuts a covenant with him and changes his name and something starts changing in Abram to Abraham, to where Abraham believes God. He believes God so much so that one day God says, I want you to take your son, your only son, the son whom you love. And I want you to take him up on this mountain and I want you to sacrifice him to me. Wait a second now. He's, he's talking to the dude who gave his wife away twice. He's talking to the dude who had some real trust issues in his past. Who had been Obviously, there's a reason why you can't trust someone if you don't really know them or you don't really know what their heart is. But something happened in Abraham's life where he said, you know something? I'm going to trust you. And you know what he did? He says the next morning, he saddled up. I didn't say that he argued with God. He didn't say, but God, like you promised me this son, and then look what happened. I, I tried to take control and didn't trust you again, and I had this other son, Ishmael, and now he's gone, and this is the only son I have. He didn't try to take control. Do you know what happened? Something happened in Abraham's life where he said, God, I'm going to trust you. It's like he's at that same point in the Bible where, though you slay me, yet I will trust you. You're worthy of my trust. You're worthy of my heart. You're worthy of my dreams. I want to trust you. Well, they saddled up. He even made Isaac carry the wood up. And Isaac's like, hey, Dad, come here. Can you, like, give me away to a king? Instead of, like, crucifying me, or not crucifying me, but sacrificing me? So he, Isaac says, I see the woods here. 
You got the matches and the and the fluid. Looks like a barbecue, but where's the meat? You know what Abram said? Buddy, it's you. Congratulations. He said, no. God will supply. Can you imagine what was going through Abraham's mind? Wait, this is my son. And then God even rubs it in. I want you to take your son, your only son, the son whom you love. And I want you to take him on that mountain and I want you to sacrifice him. And Abraham went. He said, God, I trust you. You know, I believe that, that Abraham probably believed, okay, I, I kill him. God promised me this son. He promised me a future through this. And I'm looking at the stars and I'm seeing my future now. And I'm looking at the dirt and the sand and it's abundant. And God promised me this and he promised me this through him. And God's never lied to me. He's never let me down. Even when I blow it, God's still faithful to me. He's still making a way for me. And he's still blessing me. So if he says to do it, I know that I can trust him because he means what he says. So he goes. And he gets up there and he sacrifices him because God didn't show up. No. He got up there and he went to take his life. And God said, stop, Abraham, because now I know that you trust me. But I think something else was going on. I don't think it was God that needed to know. I think it was Abraham that needed to know. I trust you, God. I trust who you are. I trust you so much. I'll give my most valuable possession. I'll give you my future. I'll give you my everything. I will trust you. And God provided. He said, stop. And he provided a ram in the thicket on the very mountain that 2,000 years later, God would put his son up. And he would carry the wood too. And he said, I'm going to give you my son. My only son whom I love. And he's going to become a sacrifice only... I'm not going to provide a ram in the thicket because you need a lamb this time. And this lamb's going to take away all your sins. Not just all your sins, but the sins of the world. See, you have this plan, but I got a greater plan. You have these things you want to offer up, and it's way valuable, but the, and it's good. But I got something that I'm going to give you that's even better. Will you trust me? Do you trust me? Do you trust me with your heart? Do you trust me with your family? Do you trust me with, with, with your finances? Do you trust me with every part of your life? Because we can. See, a lot of you, we guys see a chauffeur? Not a chauffeur. A chauffeur drives a limousine. A chauffeur? Where do you think they got that? It comes from the ram and the thicket and every time you hear that shofar blow it reminds you that God's our provision he's the one that provided the sacrifice 
He's the one that provides everything we need. He's the one that gives us our hope and our life and our dreams. He's the one who does it. And he gave us such a great sacrifice. Thank God, if that was the only thing he ever done for us, it would have been way, way good. It's the most valuable thing that God had. He said, you mean this much to me that I'm going to give you my only son in your place. That's how much he loves you. That's how valuable you are. That's pretty big. So it says, then what shall we say in response to this? If God is for us, who can be against us? Man. He who did not spare his own son, but gave him up for us all. How will he not also, along with him, graciously give us all things? You know what he's saying? He's like, man, I gave you my best. This is everything I had. And then we get hungry or we get this dream or we want to go here and we think, yeah, but I don't know if God wants me to to step into my future, to step into my destiny. Because, see, I'm dreaming so big and, and I don't know. It's so big. I don't know. Is it bigger than what God gave? Is it bigger than what God provided? What he's saying is, I've given the most important thing. All these other things are just stuff. He's like, how will I not, how much more if we want to give good gifts to our children, will our Heavenly Father not want to bless us? He's like, I already gave you the best. Now watch what I'm going to do. I want to bless you. And I want to, want to take care of you. And I want you to come to me and know that I'm for you. You don't have to earn anything. You can't. It's a free gift that comes straight from the throne of God. And because of his goodness and because of his peace and because of his love. He said, how... How will he not also, along with him, along with who? Along with Jesus, Yeshua, graciously, not, not grudgingly, not like, yeah, I paid for that, I guess, here, boy. <laughs> graciously give us all things. See, God's given us some dreams. And he's given us some hopes. And sometimes we disqualify ourselves. Like, well, that's too big and I can't have it. And we've allowed religion to dictate what God wants to do in our life to the point where people in the world want nothing to do with Jesus because of it. And it's not even Jesus that's like that. So what are we going to do? with Jesus what are we going to do with those hopes and those dreams and those proddings and those things that God wants to birth through us and it's only way it's going to come through is through us what are we going to do with it I'm going to trust him I'm going to trust him amen
I actually wrote some notes down somewhere if I can find them in my Bible. Fifteen verse nine says this: O house of Israel, trust in the Lord; He is their help and shield. O house of Aaron, trust in the Lord; He is their help and shield. You who fear Him, trust in the Lord; He is their help and shield. He says that three times in a row. There, who's our help? Who's our shield? And then it says this: The Lord remembers us. Oh, wow. Do you remember me, God? Anybody ever talk to God like that? Hey, dude. Hello. <laughs> Father, Daddy, help. Don't you remember who I am? Don't you remember I'm your son? Don't you see what's going on? Remember me. And he's saying, I remember. The Lord remembers us. And might bless us if we're perfect. No? The Lord remembers us and will bless us. He will bless the house of Israel. He will bless the house of Aaron. He will bless those who fear the Lord, small and great alike. May the Lord make you increase, both you and your children. May you be blessed by the Lord, the maker of heaven and earth. The highest heavens belong to the Lord, but the earth he has given to man. Oh. What are we going to do with it? It is not the dead who praise the Lord. Those who go down to silence, it is we who extol the Lord both now and forevermore. Praise the Lord. Amen? Amen? So trust is this. Trust is a firm belief in the reliability, truth, ability, or strength of someone or something. Trust is confidence in the honesty or integrity of a person or thing. Trust is a feeling that somebody or something can be relied upon or will turn out to be good. Now, I don't think Abram was very reliable in the beginning, but God was. Sometimes I'm not very reliable, but God is. So there's four elements of, of trust. The first element is this, is Consistency. So, consistency is really important, especially when I'm working with a cult. One of the things I, I notice is, is I'm consistent. I, in how I'm consistent is I, that horse trusts me. He knows I do what I say. What I say and do are connected, and I'm consistent in that. When I ask him to go over, he's going to go over. If he don't go over, I'm going to ask him to go over very politely. Sometimes my politely is a little bit harsher than other times. But he's going to move his feet. He can make a mistake. 
And I'm not going to beat him up for it. I'm going to show him where to go. I'm consistent in that relationship saying, you don't have to be perfect, but we're going to work this out together. And as long as you're trying, we're good. Hear what I'm talking about? It's a consistency, a reliability that over and over and over, it's proven that you can count on it. The second thing is compassion. One of the things they say is people need to know that they're seen, heard, felt, and know that you got them. And when you got that, people respond. Horses the same way. But we know there's a compassion that comes with, I see you. Jesus had compassion on people. He's like, like he had compassion on them and healed them. Right? The third thing is communication. And to me... This is like more people get hurt over communication than anything else. Not just what you say, but what you don't say, too. Right? Ever hear the little story of this guy, the little kid who was, was um, being nasty to his grandma, so the grandpa took him out to the woodshed, but he didn't spank him. He gave him a board with nails. And every time he said something nasty, he'd make him go in and pound a nail into the board. And then he did that, like, 15 days in a row. Finally, he came out, and it started hitting. He was like, you know what? I'm sorry. I didn't realize that that was doing that, because his grandpa said, that board's like your, your grandma's heart. So he's like, you know what? I'm going to pull him out. So he brought him in to his grandma and pulled him out. But when he pulled him out, he started noticing something. There's still holes. Our words matter. What we say matter. We can say something and it can put, put the nail in and we can pull that nail out, but there can still be holes that need to be healed. Right? So communication is a good way that we don't... We can communicate with love. We can communicate in righteousness. That doesn't mean we have to be wimps. One of the things I always try to do is I try to over-communicate because I'm like a team kind of guy, and I'm a people kind of guy, and I want to make sure that if I mess up in anything, it's not going to be because I didn't talk about it. So I try to over-communicate. So if you ever get tired, if you ever work with me on anything, you will know I over-communicate. I'll call the dog catcher. Everybody, I'll just like line them up. Boom, 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 boom. I want to over-communicate because I want to make sure that everything's hit so people don't get hurt. And there's trust in that. People don't have to like what you do as long as you tell them what you're doing. And fourth is competency. Are you able? See, God's able. He's consistent. He's compassionate. He, he gave His Son His only Son. He communicates. He talks with us. Through this book, he's always talking. He'll never shut up. I'm telling you, sometimes I ran from him, and he never shut up. He's just like chasing me, and I was like, tell you, you can't run from someone who's everywhere. Always talking. And he's competent. He's able to do what he says he will do. 
Isaiah 12, 2 says this, Behold, God is my salvation. I will trust and will not be afraid, for the Lord God is my strength and my song, and he has become my salvation. Proverbs 3, 5 through 6 says this, Trust in the Lord with some of your heart, with all your heart, and do not lean on your own understanding. In some of your ways, in all your ways, acknowledge him. You know what? I do that with the good and the bad. Right? I got good things, but I said, hey, I blew that. Or look, look at what I'm thinking and feeling. Help me. I don't hide. You can't hide from him. You got to talk to him because he sees it anyway. Right? Trust in the Lord and, and, and do not lean on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him and he will make straight your paths. Delight yourself in the Lord, and He will give you the desires of your heart. Commit your way to the Lord. Trust in Him, and He will act. Psalms 37, 4 and 5. And then I'll close with this scripture. Isaiah 26, 3 and 4 says this. You keep Him in perfect peace. That word peace is shalom. You know what it means? It means completeness. It means nothing missing, nothing broken. Everything you need or ever going to need is supplied and comes through one source, and his name's Jesus. You will keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on you. Because he trusts in you. Trust in the Lord forever, for the Lord is good, for the Lord is an everlasting rock. Amen? So, Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you that, that we can trust you, even though you can't always trust us. And you still do anyway. Thank you for your grace and your goodness and your kindness and your peace and your hope and for being so good to us. Not based on what we do, but based on who you are. And we thank you for that. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for listening. If you'd like to learn more about us, check out our website at www.silverlakebaptist.org.